The Chase Down Podcast presents A City of Champions, a seven-part series chronicling the Cavs' 2016 NBA championship. With help from fans who cheered against us, reporters who covered it, and the players who watched it, we'll take you game by game through the most improbable 3-1 comeback in championship history. Be sure to subscribe to the Chase Down Podcast to relive the greatest series we've seen in our lifetimes. One dribble steps back, puts up a three, won't go, rebound tip, taken by Spades, final second, it's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cavaliers are NBA champions! The series begins Thursday, April 9th. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Round of the break for the Celtics. Goes around the world. Oh, the circus came into Boston. Walker for three. Kemba Walker from downtown. Tatum drives down. Let's roll it down. Wow. Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Gordon Hayward with a corner crash. No block out. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. My name's Tom Westerholm, Celtics beat writer for MassLive.com. I'm joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe. Nicole, how are you doing? Good, Tom. I actually crossed off an interview bucket list item this week on Monday. Story is in today's Globe online yesterday. You probably don't know who I'm talking about, <laughs> judging by your face, which I'm deeply offended by. You should be. Who is your uh, who is on your bucket list? Uh, Bill Walton. Oh, that's a really good one. As soon as we're done recording this, I will head over to uh, the Boston Globe and read your interview with Bill Walton. That's awesome. How was how was talking to him? So it's good in that he loves to talk and can go on for hours. It's challenging in that you have to literally find, like, the right time to interject. Otherwise, it will just go on forever. Sure. And, like, for me, I like to come up with sort of a line of questioning, and I think it flows. But then with him, he touches on, like, so many different things in one answer. Then the next question, like, doesn't really make sense anymore. So right, right. it sort of just, like, goes all over the place. But, no, it was it was really cool to talk to him. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, he's such a, we talk all the time about, you know, guys having just like, or just kind of being like pure individuals. And I feel like Bill Walton is, uh, is about as pure an individual as they come. <laughs> For sure. Who would be like your bucket list? Who's on the Tom's bucket list of interviews? You know, I should make a bucket list. I was going to, I was going to say though, that, uh, it was kind of funny cause I interviewed Dave Pash. Uh, oh, no story. way. Yes. <laughs> so we've got the uh, both both uh, both ends of the duo covered on uh, <laughs> you know, Time Podcast. Um, so a little bit late, in a little bit, we're going to get into we're going to play an interview that Nicole and I recorded with Gordon Hayward and Robin Hayward, which was pretty fun. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Before we get there, Nicole and I wanted to cover um, a couple of coronavirus related things. Uh, Dr. Fauci talked to I think it was Snapchat. And he basically just said that it would be possible for games to be played, you know, with, with no fans in the arena at, at some point here. He thinks that, that, that there is a pathway to that. What did you make of Fauci's comments? Do you kind of see the same pathway? Does, does what, what, what he was saying make sense to you? What were your thoughts? I mean, so it's pretty clear that if sports do come back this season, there aren't going to be fans. 
for me, even though the information is coming from such a reputable source, I still am just so skeptical about actually rolling this out and like executing it. In in theory, everything seems plausible, seems to make sense, but in practice, I just wonder, okay, is this actually going to work? Right. Yeah, and I mean, all right, so so the, the the full quote here, there's a way of doing that, Dr. Fauci said, put them in big hotels wherever you want to play, keep them very well surveilled. He's talking about players, obviously. Um, keep them very well surveilled, but have them tested like every week and make sure they don't end up infecting each other or their family and just let them play the season out. I mean, for me, the logistics are tough, obviously, but I also kind of just think to myself, like, we're asking a lot of players at this point to quarantine themselves in hotel rooms. Like, that's such a tall order. Like, you're asking guys, all right, so, like, if guys have families, are the families going to be allowed to be in the hotel rooms with them? If so, are the families then quarantined in the hotel? Like, you know, if they've got, like, you know, if there's, you know, a wife, kids, or is everybody going to have to stay in the hotel? Because if they go out, then, you know, they're going to be risking infection. Maybe a few months down the road they're able to do this, but – I mean, again, I'm still skeptical about the NBA's potential to do this. So it sounds like, from my understanding, there would be no families involved because then the families would then have to isolate. You know, it would just right. create so many more complications. But then I wish I could credit who tweeted this, but I saw somebody raise the point on Twitter that this is like um, – this suggestion very much favors men's sports returning over women's sports, um, which I had not thought about yet and I think is a fair point. Like the WNBA or any women's sports coming back, it's um, for like single mothers or just mothers in general being away depending on what point of in their kids' life. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. – it's a lot cha- more challenging for a mother to step away like that. So, again, I think in theory it sounds great. In practice, it's just like Ron Renneke. The re- do you know who Ron Renneke is, Tom? I do. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, Ron Renneke, the Red Sox manager. I will have you know that I have been stepping across beats <laughs> to help out during this coronavirus epidemic. So I am I am aware of who several people are that I was not before. <laughs> um, he said he, in his gut, believes baseball will be back, and he hopes it's back, and he's preparing as if it's going to be back. But his question is, and the one that he doesn't have an answer to is, okay, what if someone gets it? Right. Shutting it all, like, they have to shut it all down. Again, yeah. Exactly. And then it's the second time, and then it's like, okay, where do you go from there? It just, I don't know. Just like this this stop and start, stop and start, stop and start, I just feel like would be so disheartening. Like, and, you know, like, we'll see how long it takes to, to, to figure out a vaccine and everything, like, that obviously is kind of feels like the kind of the target that everybody's kind of aiming right. at is, you know, once that's ready, then hopefully, you know, some of this stuff starts to really go back to normal. But I mean, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with it on, on a, on a bunch of levels. I mean, I have a hard time with it. Like as sports fans, you know, are we being like super selfish in this by, you know, just expecting like, okay, it, it's it's super important to me that these guys get back to playing. It's so important that I feel like they should have to isolate in hotel rooms. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I think everybody – or I shouldn't say everybody. I think there are a lot of parties that want sports back other than just sports fans. Like, the economy wants sports back. Like, I'm sure athletes want sports back. Like, I don't think – people aren't doing this for the fans, in my opinion. I think that's an element of it for sure, like boosting the country's morale and stuff. But I think 
people are doing this honestly for the money and then obviously for the competition because of how valuable a year's life is for an athlete. Like going back to what you're saying with the stop and go, stop and go thing, it's like, okay, then that just creates such a who knows how long of a domino effect into the next season. And it's like, are we better off just trying to start off normally next season? I just don't get why we're – I mean, I get why we would want to complicate it, but like is it worth it? Yeah. For maybe it not even working? For sure. And, I mean, you know, when you look at – like, let's say the NBA just decided, well, all right, like, we're chopping it off. Clearly the season is over. I mean, even when you start to go down the road, like, it sounds like, oh, my goodness, there's going to be no basketball until October. But, I mean, October is, like, like what, four or five months out? Like, it's not that far away in terms of, like – like, I mean, you look at, like, the Chinese league – like the, the Chinese Basketball Association has been trying to, to get back, and they keep having to push it back too. And their outbreak started before ours did. So, like, you know, this idea that it could it, it could be soon just feels insane to me. Just nix it and say, like, we're going to try and start in October. People can prepare for that. People can look forward to that. Like, there's at least some sort of, like, certainty. Like, yeah. this sort of just, like, nebulous. Like, cor- like, the NHL just pushed their player quarantine from April 15th to April 30th. And it's like, okay, by April 30th, <laughs> do we really think it's going to be any different? You know what I mean? Like, it just seems so silly. But I get why they want it back, and they're trying so hard to get it back. But it's just part of me is like, I feel like we should just try and cancel the season. And then you can hopefully, like, the NFL draft, I've never been more excited to cover the NFL draft. Because <laughs> yeah. it's happening per normal next yeah. week. and. It's all going to be virtual, but like Brad and Danny have said and Bill Belichick said the same thing, like there's so much tape, we're doing virtual meetings, like, and we don't start preparing for the draft at the end of the off, like they prepare for the draft year round, like then hopefully we can have the draft normally and then we can have free agency, like there was a big WNBA trade today. Yeah. And like people seemed excited about that on Twitter, you know, then like things can sort of go on as normal and there will be points where people can still get excited about sports, but the longer we push this off, then it's like I doubt the draft is going to happen if they're still trying to get basketball going, you know? So Yeah. Well, and you talk about certainty. I think that goes, you know, it would be like having like that date, like saying like, okay, we're going to try in October, November, or what, or whenever it would be. That would provide certainty like for fans. That would provide certainty for players who, you know, right now are like, like am I going to have to try to come back? Like, you know, the Golden State Warriors right now are like, okay, like, they're, they're talking about trying to get, you know, a little bit of regular season in. Like, am I going to really have to go play some, like, meaningless games? Like, it would give them, you know, some certainty of, like, okay, I can start, like, you know, preparing for my next move. Coaches, you know, GMs, all that. Like, GMs who, who might want to make trades. All of these parties could use a little bit of certainty. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, that's kind of a big deal. Players can train their bodies accordingly. Like, right. the uncertainty is... Like, I was talking to a player trainer, and he was saying, like, yeah, at the end of the season, typically players take three to four weeks off. Right. But you can't do that now, but yet your body should still have some sort of rest because there's such a long layoff, but you don't know how much rest. Like, it's so difficult. And then when to ramp up, like, I assume they'll if the league does come back, they will give them enough notice. But, again, like, then they could just sort of develop a schedule, develop an off-season workout plan, Everyone wants to play, so I get why they're trying so hard, but the other option seems, like, so tempting to me, too. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, hopefully we have basketball back at some point. Uh, anything else that you uh, that you want to add before we get to our interview here, Nicole? 
So has this changed your opinion at all, though? Like, do you still think there's no way it comes back, or do you think? There's no way it's coming back. Okay. I'm just, I mean, like, I, I think the logistics are hard enough. I, I, I think that at some point the damage that could, you know, like not like permanent damage, but like the, the damage that could be done by like a stop and start, stop and start, the damage that could be done by restarting a, a player gets infected and then you've got to start this whole process over again. I think at some point the certainty that you were talking about before is going to, you know, out, like it's going to make the just cut it off kind of plan outweigh the let's like hold out hope and maybe we can crown some kind of asterisk champion at the end of the year. I mean, it's like, it's not, it's, it's not going to be, even if, even if they do manage to get it back, like I get that there would be that, you know, that there would, there would be financial benefits to that. Like you would get more TV money and all of that. But I mean, I don't know, like you would, I, I think that it would be a bad product. I think that, you know, players are going to be, like for all of their best efforts, I think that most of these players are trying really hard to stay in shape. They're all going to be out of shape, like through no fault of their own. Like their jumpers are going to be off because they. Can we talk about how Jason Tatum has not touched a basketball? Like the you fact know, we, that he doesn't have we a went, hoop. We went, we went pretty fine. hard for him not having a hoop and that being okay. Like, dude, you you gotta have a basketball, dude. Like, like what? <laughs> Somebody can send you a basketball. <laughs> like, yeah, like you can order a ba- like a basketball isn't too expensive. Like you can right. order a basketball. The, the Celtics could give you one of the many they have at the practice facility. The Celtics sent you a Peloton, but they can't send you a basketball. <laughs> like, like that was mind-boggling to me when I heard that. I was like, wait, what? There's, I feel like there's got to be some exaggeration there. Like I haven't touched a basketball as in like I haven't, but maybe not. I don't know. Like. It, like, I mean, it kind of it kind of depends where he lives. Like, he's one of the players where I actually don't know where he lives. No, so um, he has a house. He has. So he a does driveway. have a house now. Yeah. Okay. He, yeah. He like, and um, his mom and Deuce all live in a house now. So he could. I dribble. mean, even if he like, had an apartment, say, like Matisse Thibel dribbles in his apartment. Yeah. He posted on TikTok, Tom. <laughs> I said, yeah, like I had any idea that <laughs> Matisse Thibel was dribbling in his apartment. I had no idea. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> we, we went pretty hard for him. We uh, definitely said that it's understandable that he did not have a hoop. You should, Jason Tatum should probably have a basketball. In his <laughs> I think that's, I think that's fair. <laughs> um, but no, to, to answer your question, this does not change my opinion. I, I think that it's, you know, I think that we're rapidly approaching the time when it would be more beneficial to start setting real off-season dates, like, okay, we're moving the draft back to here, we're moving free agency back to here, teams can start planning. I think that there's going to be a, a point pretty soon here where that is more beneficial than, hey, let's let's wait and see and hope that, we, that we've managed to, uh, that, that we'll be able to restart this thing. Right, no, I agree. We'll see, though. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll leave the coronavirus chat there, um, and we will go to our interview with Gordon and Robin Hayward. So we'll take a quick break here from Bet Online, and we'll be right back. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to blackjack and poker, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live, daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can also still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. 
all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your welcome bonus. Bet online, your new online wagering solution. So I guess first, Robin, just what has it been like having Gordon around more? Um, it's been good. Like, our kids love it. Okay. Um, it's just an adjustment. Like, it's weird because in the off-season, like, I know it's coming. So then it's like, okay, our routine will change, the girls' routine will change. But then this was so abrupt, so it's like, okay, everything's changing <laughs> right now. <laughs> but it's been good. I think the girls enjoy it a lot. So it's been good. He's been keeping them busy. They've been playing a lot of video games together. <laughs> oh, you have introduced them to video games? I've tried to, yes. Like what which, are some of their favorites? Well, they're not going to be great right now, but they're trying. <laughs> well, right now, a lot of what they're doing is just they like they like watching. So they'll watch me play PC games, and then we'll try to play like they like to play on the Switch. So either Mario Kart <clears throat> or, like or Pokemon. Pokemon's a big deal right now. Yeah. Pokemon's a real good one. I've been so trying to teach my son 2K, and he's garbage at it. So yeah. <laughs> I know. And then he, the patience is hard because you want them to. Well, you you've got you're pretty good about being yeah. patient, but Bernie's frustration levels go from like zero to a hundred if she's not perfect. And so then he's like, "Well, just keep trying." And then by the third time, she's like, "She's done." So I'd say her personality's <laughs> more like you. Yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah. she's a perfectionist. <laughs> Um, how many hours would you say Gordon spends playing video games? Oh, it's okay, but I will say this. Like, it is good that he has video games because otherwise, like, nobody's used to just being home together <laughs> for this amount of time. So he'll play, I think, a couple hours during the day. Like, he'll stream, which he has to do. Then Bernie will ask to play, like, some monster game. I don't know what it is with him. But then at night, I'll it's called, say. It's called Dauntless. Dauntless. It's like a monster hunter. You basically Which just sounds like a terrible idea for a four-year-old girl. She likes <laughs> uh, You know. Um, but then at night, you'll stay up from, like. Uh, at night. Yeah, at night, I like to play with my friends. So we'll probably play at least. He'll come down at, like, 4 a.m. Three, three hours. So he's up all night. <laughs> but that's fine. It keeps him busy. So. That's good. Gordon, you've uh, you've been on obviously on been on like, you know, both sides of like you've been on like, you know, you've played pro sports, but you've also, you know, like have like a sense of of esports, which are kind of it feels like they're kind of having a moment. Do you think that this is kind of like a kind of a moment for esports? Yeah, I think certainly um, not that streamers or YouTubers are happy about what's going on with, you know, in the world, but they're, they're certainly benefiting from it um, because everyone, the, the amount of views and the amount of viewers that they're getting is definitely seen a rise because everyone is, is like you said, inside and everyone is not doing anything. So video games is something that for sure is, is benefiting from it. And I will say that one thing that it does provide is, you know, even though you can't be in contact or hang out with people physically, you can still hang out with them um, over video games, which is I think I think is is really really healthy because if you just isolate yourself and yeah if you're not able to talk to friends or hang out with friends I think that it can be um, mentally dangerous and you can start to get like I said really isolated so being able to um, kind of still have hangouts with your friends has, has been really cool and important. Yeah. 
Have you um, streamed with any other either teammates or NBA players? Um, so I've the one I, I've been playing a lot of League of Legends, especially on stream, and that's a PC game. And so there's not I don't know too many NBA players that play it. One guy that has played it is Mario Hazonia from Portland. Um, so he's that's usually a, one of the number one questions I get when I stream is who else plays League of Legends in the NBA. And so I don't have too many answers for that. But <laughs> I think I'm, a lot of I know a lot of my teammates have been playing Call of Duty. I don't know if any of them have, have streamed it, but um, I know a lot of them play Call of Duty. I think on one of your last streams, somebody said that you were mentioning um, you wanted to reach Platinum. Did you reach it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I have not yet. Okay. And it's been super frustrating. He will, um, you, I, I know when he's losing in his video. <laughs> He'll, like, take it out on me, and I'm like, if you're losing, I do losing, not take right, it out on you. Yes, you do. Don't <laughs> attitude does change His attitude has just completely <laughs> changed. So you're like, if this is because of your video games, you've got to take a minute. You can't let it affect you like that. It is definitely, like, if, if at, at any point, like, this is the time now for me to get better at video games, and I still haven't really gotten to Platinum yet, so it's definitely frustrating. <laughs> we wanted to ask a little bit of it. Obviously, you, you donated to Boston Children's. Robin, for you, you and Gordon, you know, just what did it mean for you guys to get that chance to, to donate to them, and, and, and what, did they, what does that organization, you know, mean to you guys personally? You know, the children's hospitals, wherever we've lived, like that, with having kids, it's always a place that I want a good relationship with, and they have been so good to us. Like, um, I think out of all our kids, we've done three surgeries there, and so we love them. Like, they're so nice there. They're so great. So we wanted to be able to do something for them. Um, we did do Noon Wellesley, too. That's where I had Nora. And so we did cater meal. I think it was 100 meals for their emergency staff. Um, and then Brigham Women's, I think we just donated there because they couldn't take in any food or have any, like, things come inside the hospital, which makes sense. I'm surprised all of them didn't have that role. But Children's is great. It's so fun to go there and see all the kids. Like, they love Gordon so much because you play video games so they can relate to you. That's right. Yeah, thank God for video games. But they're great. I, I really like the people there. You guys um, also made cards for grocery store workers? Oh, yeah. That was, like, so my 13-year-old sister there in Indiana, she actually did that for her, for their grocery store, which was good because I think – it's easier for them to see what they're doing because they see the people working at the grocery stores and we go to the same grocery store every every week. And so the girls know some of the workers there and they get so excited to see them. <laughs> so I explained like this virus is making these people work and it's dangerous for them. And, but they're putting the snacks there. So you still have your snacks. And so they understood that. And Bernie understands that I think really well. Um, and so they were excited, but when we went to take the gift cards, Bernie wanted to hug everybody. Oh, and so she was, like, not understanding why they were hugging her. And she would, like, try to run up to them, and they'd be like, whoa, wait, wait, we can't. <laughs> you can't hug anybody, but they enjoyed that. So that was good because I want them to understand, like, you have to help when you can. And, and they do. Bernie really does understand it. Charlie's still getting there. Yeah, how do you talk to them about – 
the pandemic, like Brad Stevens mentioned, he made his kids a PowerPoint. They're obviously older, but I yeah. also but, it's perfect Brad to make his kids a PowerPoint. I feel like, but yeah. he's got a lot of time. Um, <laughs> I probably am the one who is not a good example for this because I'll just go straight extreme. Like I said, this virus, if you don't wash your hands, like it can kill you. I said, so you wash your hands. <laughs> And other people probably take a better approach, but uh, you probably don't repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm like, this virus can kill people. You have to keep your distance. You need to wash your hands, like change your clothes when we get inside. Uh, yeah, so my approach probably isn't the best. But they get it, so it works. Yeah. So, oh, well, they get it. Have you been is, – is Bernie at an age where you're, where you're trying to, you know, do like kind of homeschooling type things these days? Yeah, I was just telling Heather because I didn't understand how to do the Zoom call, and <laughs> I missed all her Zoom calls <laughs> for school. But it's really just crafts. Like yeah, she's, she's four. Right, they're and a little she, young from that. Like so. she's just there, so we'll We're, try we'll, to do. You've been doing a lot of like they'll they're starting to learn how to draw their names. So no, Robin, Bernie's mm, been able to write her name. Well, they're Gordon they're getting better at question. it. Let's just ignore his response for this. <laughs> Bernie can write her name. Charlie tries. But actually, I'm thinking Bernie's doing that. I didn't know she could do. Like, she she knows all her letters, which I was surprised. But we'll do – I'll make them write their names, and they practice Spanish every day. They're coloring a lot more. They're putting posters all over the house. We have, like, a gallery. (laughs) definitely have a gallery. Like, we have an art gallery throughout our house, which I'm like, oh, shit. It's so beautiful. (laughs) They need to start slowly disappearing. <laughs> They're staying busy. Gordon, you mentioned you mentioned the everybody's watching Frozen a lot at the house. Uh, how are you? How are you dealing with the influx of uh, of Frozen? Um, well, you've got them away from it. Yeah, I've started to get them away from Frozen. Tell them what you had them watch before bed the last two nights. Well, Bernie's into monsters right now, and so she wanted to watch an alien movie. So we watched. We were watching this movie, Aliens in the Attic. Um, okay. Horrible idea. Which, <laughs> of course, they. I think they both they want to watch, but then probably isn't the best right before bed. I guess. No, um, it's not. They were so scared. Were they scared? <laughs> yes, because I walked in. And I said, "What are you watching?" And they were not scared. They were fine. They were fine. <laughs> Been, they've been watching Onward too. They like Onward. That's that's one we've transitioned to. Yeah, that's yeah. a real good one. Yeah, we've had to merge our parenting styles, and that would be sure. Transition. It's got to be challenging to try to go from the type of workouts that, that you have to do to just doing like stuff in the house. Like it's just hard to like find space. I feel like like what are some of the logistics of uh, of trying to to stay in shape these days? Well, I think. We have a room in the basement where we've got, like I said, the Peloton and um, some dumbbells. So I'm able to do a little, some stuff in there, uh, body weight stuff. Um, but it it would be it would be nice if we could routinely and consistently get some nice weather so I could go run outside. Because yeah. um, that, that's one way for sure you can stay in shape. But it's been so cold and rainy. and um, There's still plenty of people running outside, though. Yeah. I, I think that um, I mean it's 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 also hard to it's hard to work out consistently and intensely I guess in your house I don't know it's just been for me like it's always better for me to be able to to like when you go into the gym you kind of know 
and you have a mindset like, all right, I'm going to work out here today. Like I'm going to be able to have this amount of time to work out and do what I want to do. And um, when you're at the house, it's just, it's, there's a lot of distractions and a lot of things that can take you away from the workout. And so that's been kind of hard to do as well. Um, the girls crash your workout. The, yeah. The girls <laughs> definitely crash the workouts, but I mean, I think you just, you got to just try to keep doing things consistently as much as you can. I think the staff has been really good. Our staff has been really good at sending videos of what they want us to do, checking in with us, trying to make sure that stay on top of us and make sure we're still doing things and um, trying to stay fit. But I mean, certainly there's nothing like playing basketball. So there's still going to be some period of time where you got to get back in shape once we can get onto the court. Definitely. Do you guys have a hoop at your house? Are you able to get shots up or not really? We, yeah, we do not have a hoop at the house. So I've been able to do some ball handling workouts in the driveway, but we do not have a hoop at the house. Okay. It's like so wrong. It's like a sin to be from Indiana and not have a basketball hoop. <laughs> have you thought about getting one? Robin, well, Robin had, so we both had birthdays too during this period of time, which was kind of weird because. It was the first time you've been home. For your birthday. But I don't like birthdays, yeah. But, but I mean, fun. just usually you have people over and, yeah. but anyways, so she said for my birthday, would you like to, to get a, to get a hoop? And this Which was is back a great in, gift, this was like right? March 23rd. So, I thought so it still is like super cold. And I also didn't know how long this thing was going to last. So I just was like, no, let's, we're not going to, we don't need to get a hoop. Um, I think it's still a good but idea. But maybe, yeah, maybe depending on how long this thing lasts and hopefully if the weather gets nicer, maybe take advantage of that and then maybe you could start like shooting with your daughters eventually oh they would use it they, they, do, they do something with it they probably just decorate it yeah <laughs> we can wrap it up there guys thank you guys so much for, for coming on we really appreciate you thanks guys see ya yeah. bye